0: I'm not going to look back. Addie drew on her driving gloves, picked up the reins, and clicked them. The horse moved forward. That's why I've decided to take that position with Mrs. Amberley, she said resolutely, looking straight ahead. Her aunt gave a little gasp. Surely not, not with that, that Yankee woman. What choice do I really have, Auntie? Yankees are the only ones with any money these days. The salary she's offered is more than I could hope to make at any job here, and I need a way to support myself, but to go all the way out to California. Addie lifted her chin determinedly. What else can I do? Her aunt shook her head silently, pressing her lips together. For the next few minutes as they rode along, the only sound was the soft clop-clop of the horse's hooves on the dusty country road. She knew Addie was right. Her niece had been left without family, fiancée, or fortune. What else was there for an impoverished Southern gentlewoman to do? At twenty-five, in the South, Adelaide was considered hopelessly on the brink of spinsterhood, particularly now that so few eligible men of her age and class had returned from the war. Marriage seemed a remote possibility— What alternative did she have but to take the offered position as companion to an elderly widow? The job offer had come through a distant cousin of Susan's. One of his new Yankee friends had asked him if he knew of a refined young lady to be the paid companion of his great-aunt Sophia Amberley at a famous soda hot springs health resort in the Napa Valley of California. Susan had refused to have anything to do with Cousin Matthew since he began doing business with their despised conquerors. Many affluent Northerners had swarmed into Richmond since the surrender, buying homes and property the natives could no longer afford. Matthew, however, had assured the man he had the perfect answer to his elderly relative's search for a young, healthy, intelligent, ladylike employee. The salary offered was one Adelaide felt she could not turn down. Susan glanced over at her niece's cameo-like profile. Before the war, everything would have been so different for a young lady of Adelaide's beauty and breeding. She had certainly inherited both parents' good looks, if nothing else. She had her Carrington mother's high-arched nose, winged eyebrows, dark, lustrous, and silky hair, marvelous eyes the color of cream sherry, Of course, her erect carriage and the elegant set of her head were all definitely pride. Pride! Her name could not have been more appropriate, thought Susan, although some called it stiff-necked stubbornness. But maybe that's what would carry Addie through whatever lay ahead of her now. Surely she'd need all the strong will and strength of character she could muster as she set out on her new uncertain future. The next few weeks were busy ones— full of preparations for Addie's long journey. Hours were spent stirring dye into pots of boiling water to renew or freshen faded dresses, turning hems, changing buttons, adding braid or bows to get Addie's wardrobe ready to pack. She and Aunt Susan stayed so busy, in fact, that there was little time to dwell on the parting they both knew lay ahead. A few days before she was to leave for California, Addie went out to the cemetery— The September day, warm Indian summer lingered. She opened the wrought iron gate and entered the enclosure, then walked toward the Pride family plot. At the foot of the two headstones engraved with the names Spencer and Lavinia Pride, she placed the mixed bouquet of late-blooming fall flowers from Aunt Susan's garden—Aster's, Cosmos, Queen Anne's lace. Standing there for a few moments— Addie was lost in affectionate remembrance of her parents. Her tall, strong-featured father, with his kind eyes and humorous mouth. Her gentle mother, known endearingly to all as Lovey. They had given Addie a wonderful heritage, and she was only beginning to appreciate it. All the values they had lived, she silently promised to try to practice in whatever lay before her. After a few moments of reflection— Addie moved on through the graveyard, pausing here and there to read inscriptions on the markers. Many names she recognized, boys she had grown up with who had gone off as soldiers and never returned.